What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show, previously known as Press On Sports. That's right, we're changing the name, changing things up around here. It's the Jack Vita Show, so make sure you're subscribed so you can get all of the latest content as it becomes available. Today's going to be a really exciting, fun show. Uh, I've got a great guest joining me in a second, and we are going to talk about Toy Story 4, one of the biggest movies of the year, at least in my world. And now I'm going to welcome in our guest. This is a guy who joined me last summer. We talked about the original Incredibles movie. So I guess he's got a big affinity for the Pixar movies. And when people, when he came on, I got so much feedback of, man, that guy was so funny. That guy was so cool. So put your hands together, everyone, for Jason Karras. Jason, how you doing? Woo, that's me. What's up? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jason. It's good to have you here, Jason. Good to be here. I just want all your listeners to know that while you do that introduction, the person who's like on here on the phone is just sitting here listening. It's not like a pre-done thing. It's kind of awkward because you're talking about me <laughs> while I'm on the phone with you. Well, it is pre-done like more than half the time, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I'm yeah. inexperienced. Two times I've been with you. It's just me sitting right here as you say <laughs> good things about me, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that moment when people are wishing you happy birthday, and you don't know what kind of expression you're supposed to make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like... It's a skill to be able to take a compliment, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think you do that well. You say good stuff. Oh, thank but, you. Dude, I was wondering, what um, what made you change it to the Jack Vita show? Sounds a little bit self-centered, and that's really not you. <laughs> What's up, man? Come on. Well, you know, I got a lot of people asking me, what's the name of your podcast? And then they'd be like, oh, Press On Sports. I, I, why? Like, wh- okay, I'm going to have to write that down. I'm going to re- have to remember it. And Press On Sports, I had the intention of creating a sports blog called PressOnSports.com. And it's been over a year, and I've been trying hard to buy that domain name from someone else. And uh, haven't been able to get in touch with the person who has that site. It's a vacant site that hasn't been used in about three or four years. So I had hoped that I'd be able to get it, was unable to get it, and I wanted to have a website for the podcast. JackVita.com is available, and I thought I may as well get it. If I'm going to buy a website, I can put a blog on there as well. But then the other thing was it was easier for people to find the podcast if it had my name in it. If they were looking for the podcast that I talk about, or they say, oh, you have a podcast, if they just type in Jack Vita. Much easier way finding it than press on sports. That makes sense. Brain consistency. You got your name recognition right there. I'm a big fan. I'm behind it now. Thanks for explaining <laughs> that. Well, I mean, what makes the podcast is the guests. And a lot of time, I mean, I've heard so much from people that are like, you get the most knowledgeable, great guests on the show, and it'll always be about the guests, even if my name is in the title. There you go. That's very selfish of you. That's a Jack Vita I know. <laughs> okay, good. Well, Jason, let's get into Toy Story 4. 
And right off the bat, I got a good warm-up question for you. Hit me with it. What is your favorite Toy Story movie? Entering into this of the of the original trilogy, give me what's your favorite? Going into it without this yeah. one. Okay, number three. Here's the thing about this Toy Story trilogy is like they start out with number one. All right, killer movie. Everybody loves it. All right, yeah. it's so original, so creative. You got like uh, such a relatable idea and. You turn it into a movie that nobody thought, like, how could that work? It seems childish. It doesn't seem like your typical movie that, you know, children and adults are going to all love. And everybody falls in love with it. All right, great. Good movie. Number two, you hit us with the sequel. Boo. Number two what? Was a, number two was a classic sequel. It was like, all right, that was good. Like, kind of similar ideas as the first one. All right, you can get into the characters. Emperor Zerg. Everything's fun. But we didn't really add like another element like of emotion and like uh, like just story depth. All right, you get to number three. I, I totally disagree, but I'm going to let you finish your point here. You get then... to number three, yeah. and they totally shifted on you. You are laughing. You are crying intensely. <laughs> number three is going into number four. Number three was my number one for sure. Oh, my goodness. Could you... Everybody I talked to has cried in Toy Story 3. A movie that moves you like that, that's got to be number one in the trilogy, for sure. You like number two? I've cried watching number two. Shoot, maybe I haven't watched number two in a long time, but all I know <laughs> is it was kind of funny with the fat guy with the cheesy fingers. You introduce <laughs> Jesse. Hell's Toy Barn. But yeah, all right. What, what, did you, what point did you cry in in that movie? Okay, so in the second one, there's that really, really powerful scene about getting abandoned where they sing that song by Sarah McLachlan called When Somebody Loved Me, and it's about Jesse's story. And actually, I wasn't the only one who cried watching this because Tim Allen and Tom Hanks have both said they showed that scene to those two guys when they were making the movie, and they both just started bawling together. Shoot, I forgot about that scene. Listen, I haven't I haven't seen Toy Story two in a while, <laughs> but I'll say this: that actually makes sense. That if I underrated Toy Story two and it actually did step up in storyline and like emotional depth, then that just goes along with the the trend of this series. That yeah, for some reason they just keep on bringing it. Like they're not like you saw that. You know, we're both fans of the Santa Claus. I don't know if you've done a, a, a yeah have podcast on that. But um, number one was just phenomenal, a classic. And as they kept releasing Santa Claus 1, 2, 3, it's like, oh, my goodness, please stop. Just <laughs> terrible movies, like almost unwatchable. But I think um, the second one's pretty good. But the third one, <laughs> oh, dear. Listen, as soon as Charlie got past 12, he was just, he, he was unwatchable. But <laughs> um, Toy Story, they kept stepping up their game, man. And I think they did. Toy Story 4, even though you didn't ask me, I think that's the uh, the best movie of the whole series. Oh, I like the take. That's strong. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Did you love it? I, I really, really liked it. I very much enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to diving into this movie and going deep on it with you and what we both liked about it and what you think it ultimately took the cake for you. But I would say... 
for me. The second movie, I also think there's a great amount of humor in that one in terms of you have that really fun idea of Rex trying to take down Emperor Zerg in his video game. And then he finally gets to defeat Zerg in the elevator. And uh, you've got the... Yeah, you've got the guy who works at Al's Toy Barn in the chicken suit and uh, the Woody's Roundup gang. That's pretty cool. That whole collection of memorabilia. And uh, the <laughs> I love the part when um, they're driving around in the toy store, toy store with Barbie driving them in a convertible. That was it's funny. Just, there are a lot of really fun little touches in that movie that... I have always resonated with me, but you know what? Any of these movies is a great pick because they're all great movies. They are. Real real talk. I um I hadn't seen uh two in a while, or one or two in a while. Three and four were the most fresh in my mind. And so I knew number one was like a classic and I grew up watching it, so I had no problem identifying that as a phenomenal movie. But number two somehow slipped through the cracks. I mean, I'm going to have to rewatch it based on all your kind words towards it. <laughs> also, I believe the first one was the first ever uh, entirely computer animated movie. Really? Yeah. What year did it come out in? 94. Whew, that's earlier than I thought. Like, yeah. you watch that movie, that's not a movie like... That's that's like ahead of its time. Like that's not on par with movies in '94. Yeah, Lion King came out that year, but it doesn't it doesn't have the same kind of animation stuff that you mentioned. Wait, it's not uh, isn't isn't uh, Lion King fully animated though? Yeah, but I not commu- computer animated. I don't think. Oh shoot! Yeah, see, I don't even know. I don't even know the difference. See, my mom she went to uh, she went to school for com- computer computer animation back in the 70s and um worked in la for a while doing computer animation and um like back then all they were doing was little uh like ads and whatnot like logos at the ends of commercials like that was the extent of computer animation as well as knight rider with david hasloff and um they would computer animate um whatever that kit car or something like this little animation they had on the screen. And so, um, they've come a long way. They've come a long way. That's really interesting. I didn't know that about your mom. Yeah. Just a little humble brag. You know, I didn't do anything, but it's in my blood. Okay. So I did goof up the years. It was 95 that it came out. (laughs) Makes a whole lot more sense. It was the first computer animated feature film. First computer animated feature film. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So you're telling me that uh, Lion King was like parts of that were just drawn by hand? Is that what's going on here? Or am I just missing what animation is? (laughs) I don't. That's a great question. I'm going to have to do a deeper dive on this. But I just know that this, it could be that there, yeah, it could be partly that. Yeah. It definitely wasn't claymation. Right. Uh, you wouldn't notice that. So, yeah, I do think that is what that means. That's pretty cool. That's pretty and cool. And this gives us a good segue into an interesting topic. Because... <laughs> I was looking for a segue. Lion King 
just released or is releasing a live action movie this week. I believe it comes out on Friday. I don't like that they call it live action because they're all CGI lions. (laughs) I don't think the movie is very necessary. I thought the first one was perfect. There's no reason to make a second one. But you know what? I feel like this Toy Story movie did not have the same hype leading up into it that like Toy Story 3 had. I thought Toy Story 3 was like one of the biggest movie releases of the decade. If if I if my memory serves me correct, yeah. did you feel that way? I did. Like what was the what was the timing on that? Cuz I feel like we waited a long time for Toy Story 3. All right, 95 Toy Story 1 comes out. Nobody knows if a sequel's coming or not. Boom, Toy Story 2 drops. All right, that's exciting. So now since there's two, there's got to be a three. So there's a lot of anticipation building for this. It was a lot of years in between. I don't know how many. Maybe it wasn't that many, but it felt like a lot because that was my childhood. All waiting for Toy Story 3. Boom, Toy Story 3 drops. You feel like it's over. So who's waiting for Toy Story 4? I don't know. It was kind of like a curveball when they released that that was coming out. What do you think? Well, Toy Story 2 came out in 1999. Toy Toy Story Story 2 came out in 1999? Yeah. Get out of here. I feel like I saw that in theaters. I was four? What is going on here? (laughs) Toy Story 3 came out in 2010. I was right. Well, yeah, but the thing that that I don't get is there was nine years in between three and four, and there just, it did not seem like there was the same kind of hype on this movie. Maybe it's just because a climate of how many sequels there are and remakes because I know it seemed like there was a lot more hype for Avengers and even this Lion King remake. Right. It just seemed like this one. I I know a lot of people enjoyed it, went to see it. I'm sure it did well at the box office, but I was surprised at how many people I talked to. I was like, do you see toy story four? Like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I wonder if it has something to do with like a generational thing. Like, I'm born in 95, so, like, my generation and, like, some people a little older are, like, grew up with the Toy Stories. And so you go, now. all right, now we're 24. People who were, like, toddlers watching Toy Story 1 are even older than that. Maybe they've outgrown it, and who are you targeting? Mostly older people to go see it who have the connection to the first one or people who are going to need to get into this series halfway through it, which is a whole different kind of connection. Yeah. I'm interested. I want to look up real quick to see how this one did at the box office compared to this one versus Incredibles 2 last summer because it it felt like there was even more hype for Incredibles 2 than there was for this one. I will say this, though, about Incredibles 2. They left you. All right, everybody loved Incredibles. It was like this new superhero movie, like totally new heroes and everything. And then they left you at the end with the uh, yeah, with whatever that last scene, the Underminer, the Underminer coming and and leaving you wanting more. And so they kind of set that up for a good sequel. Whereas who knew if Toy Story four was coming out after Toy Story three. I felt some closure after Toy Story 3, but who knew they could just open up that emotional wound and sprinkle some sweet sugar in there once again. (laughs) They just keep on doing it. 
So, Incredibles 2 made about $1.3 billion at the box office last year. Billion? Yeah. It says that Toy Story up to this point has grossed $781 million. We're getting there. We're getting there, yeah. Toy Story 4, you said? Yeah. Wow. And, um... But the critical acclaim has been phenomenal. I haven't looked at the yeah. other ones. I mean, I'm sure all of them are like everybody loves them, but I feel like this has gotten like rave reviews from everybody. Yeah. Toy Story 4. Well, let's get into it, Jason. Come on, let's, let's talk let's... about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, get deep we... with me, Jack Vita. <laughs> Before I let you explain the plot, I want to mention the opening scene caught me a little off guard. Did it catch you off guard? Dude, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember what the opening scene was. What was it? Well, what was so interesting was I did not see a Pixar short before the movie started. True. I was like, wait, this is, oh, this is the movie. And then I was there with my mom and some of my aunts, and they were all confused because they're like, wait, there's Andy. What? Why is Andy here? And it, they, someone missed the part that said nine years ago or right. whatever. It gave a little flashback to some time in the past. And it gave you the little, uh, did we see that scene before? Or was that like new information for us? That was new. That's crazy, because then you understood a little bit about the relationship between Bo Peep and Woody. Am I right? And we're talking about the same scene? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. It's like it took that – what it did was it like set up the whole movie to like um, explain a little bit about that relationship and go deeper because you always knew like that they were good friends, Bo Peep and Woody. They're like peanut butter and jelly. But um, – <laughs> but you don't understand the complexity of that relationship in their world. It was like, oh, man, this is getting real. He had to make <laughs> a real, like, human choice. You like, you felt that You felt that with Woody. You were like, get in there, man. But wait, it's Andy. <laughs> Should we give a synopsis of the scene, if in case people yeah. haven't seen it? Uh, yeah. All right. Before you do that, let me... I forgot to drop this disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. This episode contains spoilers. So, uh, we gave you a good 20 minutes of content here leading up to the movie. If you don't want the movie spoiled for you, pause it and come back after you see the movie. Because you're going to want to listen to this conversation. It's a good one. Well, it hasn't happened yet. It could be a bad one, but yeah, I think it'll be a good one. And, and I need you to give the synopsis because I don't remember that well. Well, there's a toy car that's stuck in the mud outside the window, and they have a little rescue, and they show Woody in action. You know, this is, I always try to, whenever one of the toys gets lost, gets put in a yard sale, I'm going after, I'm the quarterback, I'm going to go, I'm going to go save that toy. So him and uh, Slinky and, you know, Slink Dog, whatever you want to call him, uh, Slick Dog Millionaire. I got a lot of nicknames for that guy. He's cool. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. He's just an old school kind of toy, and he's got an old school mentality. It's fun to see. Did you have one growing up, a little Slinky Dog? I didn't have a Slinky Dog, but I did have a Slinky. Did you? I had a Slinky, and I had a Slinky Dog. I guess it probably Whoa. modeled after the movie. I'm not sure if that was like an old original toy that they modeled after, but... Um... 
Yeah, I love that thing. That thing was fun. Wow, I'm very jealous now. I know. I had cool parents. <laughs> Keep going with the synopsis, though. I'm hooked. <laughs> All right, so they rescue the toy, and then they find out that Andy's sister, uh, blanking on her name, but it doesn't matter, she has Molly. Bo as her... T- Molly, you're, you're correct. Uh, Molly has Bo. Bo is her toy. Bo Peep we're talking about here. And she decides to uh, donate Bo Peep. Is that what she's doing with it? her? I think, yeah, it doesn't specify. She's getting rid of Bo Peep. Yeah, so she's getting rid of her. And then and, or Woody wants to go and rescue Bo Peep because that's his thing. And Bo Peep really presents a big underlying theme of the movie here where she, I don't know what her exact quote is, but I'll paraphrase. And she basically says like, no, Woody, like you gotta, when a toy like doesn't need you anymore, you need to move on. You need to find you whatever that next second act is or whatever it may be. You can't just cling on to the past. (sighs) Tough pill to swallow. Yeah. That's going to set the stage for, Woody's arc in this movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like when you're watching it, it's like you feel that emotion and you don't even know how that's gonna come back and 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 represent itself later in the movie. It's like oof. when you when you see it later, hits you right in the chest. So much emotion <laughs> going on here. I'm almost gonna cry listening to you talk about it. <laughs> All right, now, and Jason, do you want to set the stage for what what the basic premise of this movie is all right um yeah okay so basically what this movie is is it's following woody's journey through dealing with the fact that he was left by andy who was like his purpose in life like andy loved woody woody was the number one toy and it gave woody purpose so everything that made Woody Woody was because of Andy. He was Andy's favorite, so now he's the leader of the toys. He's confident. He knows what his job is in life. And eventually, like what we talked about, is what Bo Peep sets up is like, you're going to get, that kid's going to grow up. You're going to move on. You have to find a different thing in life. So now it starts the movie after it shows that opening scene, and he's with, um, what's this girl's name? Uh, Bonnie. So he's with Bonnie, and Bonnie is who Andy donated his toys to in Toy Story 3. And Bonnie is this adorable little girl who has all her stories, all her storylines when she plays her games with her toys. And um, Woody is not the favorite toy. He's just another guy now. And he kind of is struggling to readjust to this new position in the pecking order of toys because he was always a leader he was always the favorite, and that kind of like made him who he was. And so um, what happens is, I don't know how far in the movie you want me to get, but he takes it upon himself when he sees that Bonnie isn't happy. He's like, all right, I need to make her happy. That's what my job is. That's what my job's always been. No matter if she likes me or not, I'm going to find a way. So he crawls into her bag, go into her first day of kindergarten or uh, kindergarten like before kindergarten. It was like a little pre-screening of kindergarten he climbs into her bag and is like i'm gonna make her feel comfortable she needs a toy right now even though her parents were like you can't bring a toy you're a big girl 
and he's peeping out of her bag once she gets in there and she's not making any friends she's shy and what he does is um they make a craft on the first day of school and so she's got some materials there ready to make a little craft and he's peeping out the bag like oh this is good okay he's gonna make and somebody comes over <laughs> this kid comes over and he's like looking like he's about to sit down and make a craft with her she gets a little excited and he just takes some materials with him and leaves and then she's heartbroken. You feel for her because everybody's been in that situation where you're like the only person and you don't know how to handle it. And so Woody takes it upon himself to go crawl his way, sneak his way over to the trash can, grab the materials and put them back on the desk to make her feel better because she didn't have any materials to make a little craft with. And she takes those materials that Woody got her and it's a, a spork and like some like straw things. I don't know, some other things. And she creates... Um, a little like figure like a little man looking figure out of a spork and now this guy's name is Forky and and she made him and then takes him home and that's now her favorite toy and when she leaves and the people are gone Forky comes alive like all the other toys but Forky is a little bit different and since he's made from all recycled materials and whatnot he thinks his home is trash and so it's like this little comical thing throughout the movie that Forky, <laughs> yeah. who's like this newborn toy, is just always trying to get himself to the trash. And Woody, who thinks he knows everything about a toy's purpose, which is, you know, questionable. Bo knows a little bit about a toy's purpose, but Woody <laughs> thinks that he's got the the monopoly on the situation, is always trying to get him to do what he thinks Forky should do. So that's kind of how this movie plays out. Yeah. And then they're going to embark on this big journey and we're going to meet some new characters along the way. If you're listening to this, you know what happens in this movie. So no need to cover every single uh, plot point. But Jason, among the new characters, which ones did you enjoy the most? Which ones did I enjoy the most? Okay, I got to say, among the new characters... I'm going to classify Bo Peep 2.0 as a new character, and she's my favorite. I mean... Yeah, it is a new character. B.A., just out of this world, knows what she's doing, confident, doesn't need a kid, figured out how to get transportation, survival. Like, she's out there. She's got friends. She's She figured out everything on her own, and she's super confident in what she does. And then... Um, what happens basically is is she gets shipped off. She goes to this antique store. She leaves the antique store, and she's just living in the woods and on a playground, and she rides around this little toy car like she's a beast. And that's my favorite because of her confidence and her new personality that kind of shows Woody another side of life. And she's going to be important for a lot of things that are going to happen throughout this movie. I'm a big fan of Ducky and Bunny. Oh, do you know they're voiced by Key and Peele? Yeah. That is hilarious. I know. And they were just great comic relief. There was, you know, in terms of comic relief, they were fantastic. I love the whole plush rush uh, thing. And then another one. In I terms was dying. Of... Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, did you know Jeff Garland did a voice in this movie? No, who is he? Uh, Buttercup. Really? Which I think is the unicorn. Buttercup 
Oh, out of uh, Bonnie's Toys? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and every single time when they're on the in the RV on their road trip, oh, and they're like, how can we... <laughs> How can we hold up Bonnie's family? And Jeff Garland just keeps saying, let's get his dad arrested. <laughs> I did not know that was Jeff Garland, but that was hilarious. That just like kept coming up. It was just a consistent suggestion throughout the movie. <laughs> it's like there was so much. Um, the characters were different. Like the same characters. Like you asked me my favorite character. My two favorite characters were new Bo Peep and new Buzz Lightyear. Like, Buzz Lightyear just turned into, like, the funniest character of all time. Before, he was, <laughs> yeah. like, he was funny. He was, like, you know, his guy. He was, like, this confident space ranger that, like, you know, did his thing and was kind of just, like, a character. But, like, he developed so much personality in this movie. He was, like, asking uh, Woody. Like, this is probably the most I laughed in the movie is when he's, like, asking Woody um like how do you just you just always know what to do how do you know what to do he's like you gotta listen to that inner voice buzz (laughs) and buzz doesn't know he's very literal he doesn't know what he's really talking about and so he's like you just listen to your inner voice thinking he means the pull on the back of woody's back and so he just starts pressing his button and listening to whatever the toy the little voice box says to do to him and he just makes all his decisions throughout the rest of the movie based on that little voice box, which is totally randomized. And he's a t- 100% committed to that voice box. And things end up working out for him. And I was dying laughing when he first started just, like, pressing that button and looking for direction in life. I was just, <laughs> it, it touched me. It was great. It reminded me of Buzz's Spanish mode in the last movie. Yeah. Buzz always has something going on. Buzz Lightyear was my favorite when he was just on a streak of following his inner voice. Yeah, yeah. And then you reminded me about the um, two guys like from the store that never got bought, and they were just going through their modes of attack, like different plans, yeah, and they were all the exact <laughs> same plan. Yeah, the plush rush. The plush and then at, at the end... They show them executing a plush rush and what that would look like, yeah. and that was hilarious. Yeah. There's some good characters right there. In terms of Buzz, one of the things that I really liked is this part where he's trying to follow his inner voice because he wants them to not leave the, the RV They're because they're staying over night, and I remember Jesse slashes a tire... They're trying to figure out how can we keep them here. Yeah, yeah. And so Buzz keeps hitting his inner voice button and he can't figure it out. And then they're like, okay, we got to put this toy away. Like he won't stop making noise. Right, <laughs> right. It's building up. How is this going to end? How is this going to end? And then he just go yells out loud, oh, your backpack is in the, yeah. <laughs> it's in the shop, <laughs> the antique shop. Oh, that's funny. Had to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. And speaking of the antique shop, I want to talk about one of the new characters that I really enjoyed in this movie. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. I really enjoyed the character of Gabby Gabby. What? Oh my goodness, she's creepy. Why do you like her? 
I like having a complex character like that where her motives for what she's trying to do, where she wants to steal Woody's voice box, it is creepy and it's not the right thing to do, but her motives seem to be coming from a good place. She just wants to be loved. She wants a toy or wants a child to play with her. She's never gotten that in her entire life. And I really enjoyed seeing a complex character with different different motivations, different sides to her personality. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of the first time in all the Toy Stories where there hasn't been like a true villain. Like you think she's going to yeah. be the true villain. And then you kind of see the other side of her. But I'm still scared of her. I'm, I'm not messing with it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably scared of those other ventriloquist dummies. Yeah, I mean, not so much. They're dumb. They don't really know what they're doing. They're just following their creepy little genius leader. And Gabby Gabby just creates these complex plans and is scheming the whole time. And I don't like it. Even if it's coming from the right place, I think I think she's weird and maybe uncomfortable and don't want her in my Toy Stories, but I, I understand your perspective. Well, that's a good point. I, 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 we may just differ a little bit, but you know what? Gabby Gabby produced the moment where I was at my most emotional weakness. <laughs> that part, Wendy? Oh my goodness. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm talking about when there's a little girl who's lost at the carnival and they're like, let's throw Gabby Gabby in there. And it was just very sweet. I liked it. Dude, it's the same same Gabby Gabby that was out there controlling these creepy ventriloquists, trying to kill our friendly neighborhood Buzz and Woody. And I don't like her. And I'm not buying it. Okay, yeah. I know there were some kids sitting behind me at this movie that were providing a lot of commentary yeah. as they were watching it, uh, which I did not enjoy. There came a certain point where I was like, uh, I really would like to just get these kids kicked out of the theater somehow. Uh, that would in- it make all of us enjoy the movie a lot more. Except for them. <laughs> but True. Terrible I wouldn't actually do that, Jason. It was a joke. <laughs> good it would have been terrible (laughs) so uh yeah they were like there was a part where gabby gabby was telling forky about her intentions and how she just wanted to be loved and she wanted to be noticed by that girl that comes into the shop every day and the kids were like she's lying right and that's how you felt Oh, no, I thought you were saying, dude, there was a part where, like, um, yeah, no, I thought she was lying, too. But because that's because at some point she was uh, the other toys in the antique shop, like, gave some sort of warning. You know what I'm talking about? They were like, get out while you can, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whatever it is. I'm just not getting good vibes from this girl. So maybe, you know, it's coming from a right place. But I think that she's she's probably done some more messed up stuff than we've even seen because she has a reputation. And then I thought it was funny when um, when um, Bo knew who Gabby Gabby was and Woody was like, oh, yeah, like, I got to go back because 
Gabby Gabby is in there and has Forky, something like that. And then um and then it was like Bo wasn't even like, oh, she's like the most evil person I've ever met. She was just like, Oh, she's weird. <laughs> like Yeah, she's like that weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that <sighs> that sums up Gabby Gabby to me. She might not be like the most evil villain, but but I don't like her. <laughs> weirdo. What what'd you think of Duke Kaboom? Voiced by Keanu Reeves. What he was? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he was he was yeah. a good little character. Overly confident. A little bit of bravado. And then when it really comes down to it, he wasn't confident at all, but ended up getting the job done. And um he was a funny character. Right? Didn't he start doubting himself when he had a big jump jump to make? Yeah. 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 He he seemed like a textbook Pixar character. You always have a side character like that. Yeah. He's a funny guy. And then I another character there was Giggle McDimples. I don't remember Giggle don't McDimples how... at all. It was Giggle <laughs> McDimples. <laughs> that was that little girl who was like the little uh I don't know what she was. She was a very small toy that had that little house with Bo. Oh, that dressed up as a cop. Oh yeah, she was a, she was an awesome character. Both of them were just like two like two like female activists, just you know, strong independent women. Didn't yeah. didn't need any kids supporting them. No, no, they're out in the wild taking care of stuff on their own. And then um, it was uh, it was Giggle McDimples that was really pointing out to Bo, like, hey. I think you got some feelings here for Woody. Why you keep looking at him like that? I think it was some moments for me between um, Bo and Woody that really had me most emotional because they have this, you know, this distance between them now. They used to be really close friends, and then all this time has passed, and it just shows how in life, like things change. Bo is all a totally different person, but they still have this beautiful connection, and. Um, and in the end, they he decides to make that decision that he didn't. He was too scared to make the first time, and go stay with Bo and leave his comfort zone behind, and go um, make a life in this in this new new world. Yeah, that was a very fitting ending for the story arc of Woody in this in this. Uh, edition of Toy Story because you got the whole empty nester thing. We touched on it earlier with just some of the um, you're starting to see like he doesn't really have a place with Bonnie because Bonnie doesn't really notice him. So if he's missing, she's not going to care because she she's not even going to notice it. And so it's kind of like this kind of idea of when you fulfilled your role, maybe it's at a company and you, you're working a job somewhere, or maybe it's a, a situation where, like, you're a parent and your kids have all grown up, and as while you still need to be there for them, the full-time role of being a parent and spending time with them every day is not quite what it used to be because now they have kids of their own. And while you can still contribute, you have this part in life where you're like, oh... Now I got a lot of time. What am I going to do with that time? What's going to be my new thing now? 
And so we saw a lot of that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a theme. And it's just like, and even less specifically, like just change in general is, is I think, a major theme in the movie. Kind of gives you the same emotion. Like, that's like a specific instance of the change. But you get the same emotion with any change, like just nostalgia and like, oh, man those were the days and that's what Woody's like always going back to is like him and Andy when he was like the big time toy and now he's in this transitional phase and he keeps talking about it and everyone's like dude get over it and um <laughs> but they don't say it but everybody's thinking it and then and then he finally kind of has this realization that like all right it's time for the next chapter and then I think he probably finds some closure and some happiness and satisfaction going with Bo and making that new life made me happy. Happy, sad. Did that ending surprise you? Did it surprise me? I don't know. Kind of. I mean, I wasn't like expecting an ending, but that ending it gave me some feels. It was like... Anything, anything? You weren't expecting the movie to ever end. Well, no, I just wasn't like expecting a specific. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ending. Jeez, but um, <laughs> he um, I don't know any any movie that just like makes you like happy and sad at the same time. I'm all about it. I was like, wow, this ending didn't totally shock me to tell you the truth because oh, the, I thought it was predictable. Yeah, they they were really building it up and then. The other part that Tim Allen had said in an interview sometime last over the last nine months or so in the lead up to this movie, he talked about there was going to be a point in the movie that was kind of hard to watch because it was so sad or it was so emotional. And you, I just was like, all right, something's going to come. But since it's G rated, I'm like, I really hope none of these toys are going to get destroyed or something like that. Uh, So this was a nice mix of emotion, sadness, powerful, bittersweet. Yeah. Bittersweet's the word. Is that, that was, he was talking about the ending. That was super emotional. Had to be. I mean, for you, you said the most emotional part was this, uh, this, you know, creepy dog getting, <laughs> getting adopted by another girl. So who knows? Maybe he's talking well, about that. The thing with the Woody shot, because there's that great shot where they show him looking out at all the toys and they're all looking at him. I thought that part was really beautiful. But the darn kid sitting behind me ruined this part for me because they were all just like, I heard them. They're like, well, why, why doesn't Bo just go back with them? And... <laughs> I was good just point. Like, what? <laughs> I said good point. <laughs> Could have been another option. That's off brand for Bo. That's uh that would be a really weird build up for Woody to have. Yeah, it would have been less predictable though. A little curveball. True. And you know, she but, just sacrifices her love for her independent life to make Woody happy. Yeah. It's a co- <laughs> it would be as cohesive a story, though. It wouldn't have all fit together as nicely. Right. Right. You're right. But I just want to support those kids because I feel like you're being hard on them. True. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Here's the thing. Maybe you can help me out here, Jason. 
The uh-huh, thing yeah. that I was a little confused by was what exactly Bo does to help Lost Toys because we saw a little bit where it looked like they were trying to entertain kids at the playground. Um, but I mean, how do they how do they make it so they know that these kit these toys are never going to get snatched up and taken somewhere? Or do those toys want to get taken somewhere and be adopted? Or I just felt like that part of Bo's story wasn't fully explored or explained as best as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just leaving it open. Like, she's just kind of this mystery woman. Like, who knows what she really does out there, but she's doing her own thing. But it kind of showed that they have the materials in their little beaver cart, whatever that thing is, that uh, it it, uh, fix broken things. Like, she keeps breaking her arm. So maybe they, like, fix people up, maybe, like, a little ambulance. Maybe they're there for emotional support. Like, hey, when toys get lost and they're out there and they're new, maybe they're just, like, the veterans out there that are like, hey, you're going to be all right. Not sure. Yeah, they did show a little bit at the end of them getting all those toys uh, at the fair taken home. So we saw a little bit of that. You did bring up the point about healing stuff yeah who knows what they do but yeah she fixed that arm up pretty good yeah she did all that stuff just right in there what what's the car what is it like a squirrel it's a skunk because skunk, that's what it is when you see a skunk running through everyone freaks out right, right, right. as they should but you know what skunks are they're kind of harmless to tell you the truth that might be a hot take you never been hit by a skunk never have have you there. Uh, negatory. No, I haven't. But um, yeah. So to us, they're harmless. But I'm sure somebody <laughs> is terrified of them. There's a great. There's been a great increase in skunks in the area that I live in currently. Uh, really? Whereas there are just a ton of them now, and I actually have not seen. I don't know if I've seen any this summer. Maybe I've seen one. Last summer, I saw at least probably around. Mm, Somewhere between five and ten skunks, which that, that's a lot to see in one summer, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I think it's been years since I've seen a skunk. Were you like outside, like near it? Yeah, several oh, times. Oh, geez. Uh, I saw him on the bike trail one time. I saw there was a baby skunk that um, fell into my grandma's window well that we tried to get out. Um, but I think the thing was too dehydrated, didn't end up making it once we got it out of the window well, which was kind of sad. Oh gosh. But what I've noticed about skunks is first of all, their stinker is defense based. So really they, they don't just go about using that thing. They're not very mean critters. They're not, they don't go out of their way to get you. But the other thing is they don't seem to have very good vision. So if something comes up to them and they don't they didn't notice it coming up to them and it gets startled, then they activate the stinker. But as long as you don't like freak a skunk out, like you're not gonna have a skunk running like if a skunk is in your yard, the skunk isn't gonna go out of its way to come find you and get you. It's, it's good skunk knowledge. Does that make I sense? Wish, it does make sense. It means like you're just really supporting them. They're not mean. They're like doing their own thing and you just don't bother them and you'll be all right. Yeah, they're very sweet. Just, 
Yeah, wow. You really love skunks. Well, I'm an animal person. You are? (laughs) I wish you hadn't ruined our Toy Story 4 podcast with a dead skunk story, though. (laughs) A dead baby skunk story. That could be cut out. Broke my heart. (laughs) No, don't cut it out. The people need to hear (laughs) That's funny. Well, that's... It's interesting because you got the skunk cart running through, but realistically, skunks don't really do that. They don't run? Well, they don't, like, run through a group of people. Like, oh, yeah. they're just gonna hang out to the side. And chances yeah. are, like, the skunk's only gonna get you if you freak it out or you're in their territory and they don't see you or whatever. But I'm sure there are people listening that have quite the skunk story that it's gonna be like, Jack, you're very wrong. Oh, yeah, that they're just annihilated. They were just <laughs> attacked, and they were pointed out, and the skunk just was totally on the offensive. It was basically <laughs> like the plush rush, only it was a skunk. <laughs> exactly. Do you know anything about if like the tomato sauce is a um, is a myth, or if that's like really the way you do it? I think it is. I don't know, however, because I haven't had skunk my my dog has gotten a little bit on his nose oh man not not bad though like it's not the kind that um well not for you but no it's on his nose <laughs> no, he sure didn't get it that him. badly it wasn't a direct shot <laughs> okay so i don't know what happened there we i think we just cleaned him regularly i don't know enough about the tomato thing so people are gonna have to tweet at us to help us get to the bottom of that yeah, I'd be interested. Be very interesting. Yeah. And then what is it like tomato sauce, tomato paste, just crushed up tomatoes? Tomato There's so juice. many options. Who knows? Oh, tomato juice. Okay. I think it's tomato juice, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, Wikipedia after this <laughs> little chat. All right, so... Uh, what else impressed you about this movie, Jason? I know you were very high on it. Yeah, I mean, any movie that can take you from laughing to crying is an A-plus on my list. So that was the main thing. And it was just like the relationships in the movie. It's like, all right, like it focused a lot on the Bo Woody relationship, like the Woody Forky relationship, but then, like you have to deal with things moving on. Like that's kind of like a theme in the movie, moving on. And you didn't see a whole lot with the Woody Buzz relationship. It's like they've grown apart a little bit. Woody is kind of just like I mean, they're still friends. They still have their whole history, but at one point, like Woody's like all high on his horse and is like, "There's no toy left behind." And then it just, like, shows Buzz, and he's like, but you're leaving me behind. And I was like, dang, wow. Yeah. That was a powerful moment for me. It was like, what he's, like, always all set on his mission that, like, he leaves other people out who are important and just kind of showed, like, he was kind of moving on, wasn't really valuing Buzz as, like, his best bud. Yeah, and there isn't too much from the OG toys in this movie other than Woody and Buzz. Right, they're kind of just like some side characters. It's kind of like you get a little cameo kick out of them being there. Right, exactly. But they're just not the center of attention anymore. So what are you going to do? 
like in in Bonnie's world, not the center of attention, so they can't be in the movie. That was good imagery when Woody put the sheriff's badge on Jesse. Oh yeah, that was nice. And but it would like had happened before, like uh, Bonnie had had done it because just showing that like uh, Woody wasn't really the favorite anymore, and um, it was just kind of like a connection to his past that he was always like the main guy in town with Andy. And then, like, oh, he was, like, all torn apart when, like, inside when she took it off and put it on Jesse, and Jesse had to give it back, and it was kind of, like, this awkward moment. And then, in the end, he, like, gave it up, like, voluntarily, and um, it was, like, a big step in his his whole process there. That's not the only thing that he gives up in this movie. He also chooses to give up his voice box to your girl, Gabby Gabby, I'm curious, what is this, do you have any thoughts on that decision that Woody made? And then we'll, we'll, we'll go a little deeper in on this, but it, I'll turn it over to you. To give his voice box? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I mean, he was just being nice, right? I don't know, what do you think? I think he realized, like, you know what, I've had so many great times as a toy and if I'm, he had to be thinking that sticking around with Bo Peep is a viable option at this point, right? Because he doesn't need it if he's a lost toy. If he's not going to be playing with children every day, there's no real reason for his drawstring to be pulled. Right, that's true. I didn't think about it that deeply. But for Gabby, who's never gotten to be played with, and she's just been stuck inside every day she wraps her identity around that uh, but it gives her a chance to have a future as a leader and I think that is really cool I like the self-sacrifice there yeah although then it's like a little less self-sacrifice if he's like oh well I don't really need this anymore as opposed to if he really valued it yeah that's true you know it makes sense it's him moving on to a new uh, phase in his life. So, yeah, it's nice. I doubt he had fully decided that at that point. He probably was like, you know, it would be good. I I really would like to have a kid to play with. I'd like to get a chance here, but, yeah. I think that was probably in the back of his mind. He said, maybe I'm going to stick around here. We'll see. Stay tuned. Right, right, right. Yeah. He was toying with it in his mind. Did you check? Did you see that pun? (laughs) Yeah. That was good. (laughs) Um, And then with Gabby, Gabby Gabby, she is trying to win the admiration of one girl in particular. This is that one girl who goes in the store every day and does not win her approval, which how did you react to that scene? Were you surprised? Were you sad? What did you think? I liked it. Like, I don't know. Was I surprised? I don't really go into different things with the whole... I'm not really guessing what's going to happen, so I don't know. I'm always surprised. But I was... Um, yeah, true. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good message. Like, you can just see this. You can just hold something up, put it on a pedestal, and when it comes down to it, it's more about, like, a real relationship. You don't know. That girl could have been, like, a jerk this whole time 
mm-hmm. and you just kind of build this story up in your head. But, um, you know, when, when you need, when at the end she needs someone and that little girl needs her and you just bond over that, I mean, that's where, that's where that real love happens. Like when I was three and I needed it and I needed a stuffed animal and I, and I laid eyes on sports dog and we needed each other <laughs> and I still have sports dog to this day. I still have Simba to this day who was there the day I was born. Wow. So, wow. How many years old? Almost 25. Turned 25 in two weeks from today. That's crazy. I don't like 25. It doesn't feel too good. Yeah. doesn't have the same ring as 22. <laughs> and sing that little Taylor Swift song and feel young and poppy. Each of the last three birthdays I've had, there's been a fun song associated to that birthday. Oh, see, I don't know 23, 24, or 25. What's up? Well, 22, 23, 24. I'm not talking 25. I'm okay. talking 22 by Taylor Swift. Yeah. You got that Blank 182 song, Nobody Likes You When You're 23. Will you sing that for me? I don't know how it goes. Uh, Nobody Likes You When You're 23. Oh, yeah. I didn't remember that one. Okay. And then uh, 24, there's a song by Switchfoot just called 24. Is is it about being 24 or it just happens to be called that? Yeah. uh, John Foreman wrote it the night before he turned 25. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like he loved being 24. Uh, It's more just a reflection on that age that he was and turning the page to the next chapter. Okay, but it's like 22 is like the last fun year. Then it's like, I don't know about you. I'm feeling it's all poppy and like fun. Yeah. And then next year it's just nobody likes you when you're 23. And then you're having this sad reflection of moving on <laughs> from 24 to 25. And then you get 25 and there's just not even a song for you. Yeah, you don't even have a song. And it's like, all right, so now I can rent a car. That's great. I have nothing else to look forward to each year. I'd rather just subtract a year at this point rather than gain a year <laughs> i thought you were gonna say i'd rather just die <laughs> oh no i wouldn't you didn't say, say that, that. So, yeah no, there's... the thing with gabby gabby and <laughs> you brought this up a little bit about the message of this i thought a little bit about it's kind of like dating and how people can attach their worth to one person they think well, that, that person, that girl, she's the one. She's the one. And then you set your sights on her, and she does not feel the same way back. And maybe, you know, some people in a relationship, and they're in a relationship, and the other person just doesn't appreciate them. And it's not, they're not putting the same amount in. And I like the message here where it's like, you could have someone that's way better. But you have closed yourself off to that one person. Right, right, right. It's all about keeping a, a an open heart and open mind. And then you can then you can really have a fair judgment of everything. Yeah. You kinda so get she, lost in your own world is what she was doing. Yeah, and she she was chasing after someone who didn't appreciate her for who she is. And at the end of the day, she gets accepted and loved by someone who 
just wants to have a good toy to play with and sees Gabby as a good toy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So now, what does Woody's life look like post-voice box? I mean, it's kind of like he had thyroid surgery like I did. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's going to be much different. Like, that was a weird thing about him. Is like, he had his own voice, and then you pull his string, and it's like this weird, like, automated voice. It's like, still sounds like him, but only says a collection of six different things. So, like, I don't even know why it's like, why, I mean, I guess the thing why it was so treasured is because the kid is, that's the only voice they're hearing. But, um, but without a kid, I mean, I think his life's going to be just fine. He's just going to be bopping around with Bo, riding around on a skunk, and <laughs> just living that, living that life. Jason, I think I figured it out. What? He talks about his inner voice the whole movie. And then Buzz talks about the inner voice, inner voice, inner voice. At the end of it, he no longer has a literal inner voice. So maybe that's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. Inner voice. Maybe it's like, okay, so that was a symbol because he no longer is tying himself down to his conscience that is telling him that he needs to look out for, or at least maybe not his oh, conscience. But his, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like that little voice inside him. That's always telling him what a toy's purpose is. And it's kind of this, uh, maybe it's not as real. It's not real. It's like a little fake voice. But that fake voice is like his connection to what his feels like his purpose is that he has to just be there for this kid and he's gonna be like in this 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 kid's gonna love him, he's gonna love the kid, but that's temporary. It's not uh it doesn't last. And when he gets that little the gets that box out of him, which is the symbol for all that life, then he can move on with his real life his real voice and find himself and not just be giving himself not just be this not just be this toy for someone else but be uh well what is he a being a live being live his real life is that like what you're saying we on the same page yeah yeah basically the physical voice box serving as a metaphor for that inner voice that he refers to. And this is something that I'm going to watch for the next time I watch this movie. I'm going to see how closely this these two things can relate to each other because I just think there's got to be some sort of a connection with the fact that we spend so much time on Buzz's inner voice and that the comedy of him thinking that it's this voice box inside of him and then having the fact that Woody no longer has his and his life changes and he decides that he's going to live differently yeah I wonder does Buzz ever have a moment in the movie where he like realizes more about himself or is he just kind of like a goofball he doesn't figure it out I don't think he does I think he is pretty much goofball or they're setting it up for toy story five 
zoomed yeah. in on Buzz's development of his own self-understanding. So Toy Story 5. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this again in the year 2026. Let's say seven years from now. They could release a new Toy Story movie every decade until I no longer am on this earth. And I would be so satisfied with that. I would too. I would be very happy. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> they could just mess it up. Like what they, they ha- don't. What they, they have right it. now is like same the same original people working on it. Like and so there's some consistency through it. Even if it's like a different director, like the original writers are still involved in the process. I'd say once they lose that, once there's no one from the original movie, you got him on. Yeah, even though Lasseter got the axe, he's gone. The who? John Lasseter. Who's John Lasseter? He's like he's like the founder of Pixar and he directed the first Toy Story oh, and wow. all the other Toy Story movies. He fell victim to the Me Too movement. Uh, he did some bad stuff. Okay. So he fell uh, he's not a victim. But he fell victim to the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah. But he's got plenty of victims. Very poorly worded. Okay. <laughs> so he fell victim to the Me Too movement, but like rightfully so. Um, probably so. I, you know, the thing that's it's tough because I I shouldn't definitively say what I know and what I don't know because I haven't read up on it. Also, we weren't that, there. But but probably yeah. so. Yeah, we weren't there. We don't know what happened, but he's out. He's out of the picture, and they still made a great movie without him. Yeah, that's true. What's crazy is I was looking up the cast, and it was like um, the voice of Mr. Potato Head. They like used like past audio recordings to um, to give him some yeah. lines in this movie, but like the guy passed away. He's famous. What's his name? Yeah, Don Rickles. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. That was pretty cool. They got everyone in this movie. Yeah, geez, it was a star-studded cast. I didn't know it was Keanu Reeves, yeah. though. What a curveball. <laughs> the only reason I knew was just because I saw some promotional stuff that he was going to be involved in this one. He was going to have a role. But, That's yeah, funny. anytime you put Key and Peele in anything, it just becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. That was a great, great decision by whoever put those two characters in there (laughs) oh yeah so i'll give you an idea for toy story 5 oh okay all right so you're 2026 the kids no longer play with toys because they all have ipads makes sense so now the the toys are trying to figure out what's what's their future look like what are they gonna do and (laughs) i think Somehow you got to get Woody and Buzz involved. So I don't know if you're following the original gang or if you're following Bo's gang, but you got to get Woody and Buzz involved somehow. They both need to be doing something together. They're going to be together, Woody and Buzz? Maybe well, you like, got to have them both in the movie somehow. Yeah, but we got to follow their stories separately and then somehow they like come yeah, back yeah, together. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Or it would be kind of sad, but, like, what if it was, like, Woody and Buzz, but as, like, characters in a game. And then it was just didn't even oh, address yeah. the fact that there were once fabric and plastic toys. 
That's a good idea. I like that. But they might still be alive in the game because they're alive as fabric and plastic. So, yeah. Let's see now, who, who even knows? Yo, like they're like robotic toys, and then they and then they start taking over, and it's like an artificial intelligence movie crossover. That would be bad. That would be a bad movie. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna come up with better ideas than we will that's true that's my that's my best movie option and i can't wait to see what they come out with how happy were you that forky found love in the end dude what happened with forky i forgot there's a female fork that uh what yeah at the end you didn't stay for the credits it was like past the credits yeah Oh, no, I didn't stay. Do they always or do that? mid-credits. It was, like, in the middle of the credits. So they showed the first roll of the credits, and then yeah. that happened. It, oh, no, I was gone. What happened? Oh, they they just showed that Bonnie brought home. It was her first day of second grade or first grade. <laughs> and Jesse went with, and she's like, okay, everyone, we've got a new friend here, and it's a female Forky, and Forky is just... So excited about this. Oh, and, I missed that. Yeah. And female, female, let's just call her Spoonie. Because, <laughs> yeah, so let's say Spoonie. Spoonie, which actually, I think she may have been a knife, but she just runs towards the trash and is clamoring for the trash. <laughs> That's funny. He's going to have to show her the ropes of being a toy. Yeah. The thing I like that's really interesting about Forky is the fact that so many times when they've made these movies, the toys in these movies, it's like, all right, now we can sell, we can make toys out of this. We could sell toys out of this. Forky, how do you market a toy fork? You don't. It's anti-establishment, and I like it. Yeah. And you just, hey, kids, you want you want your own Forky? Go make one. Go be productive. Yeah. Unlike, you know, my mom just bought me a Slinky. I mean, a, wait, what's his name? Slinky Dog. And, uh, you know, what did I learn from that? But these kids are going to be out there making the best best people out of forks they can. Jason, I want to show you something right now. Are you looking at the camera? Uh, yeah. The lighting isn't very good, but look at this toy I got right here. You recognize it? Oh, shoot. I, I don't want that thing anywhere near me. That guy's got evil written all over him. What was his name again? <laughs> Please describe him to uh, the listeners. It's that big fat bear from Toy Story 3 that's like you think is going to be your friend and then is just terrible and evil and like tries to kill everybody. Smells like strawberries too. Oh, yeah. Do you remember what the character's name is? Lotso Hogan Bear. Yeah, yeah, don't don't trust that dude. Yeah, he has that he does that like with the baby where he's like, She don't love you no more. Yeah, dude, something about like a southern accent can either be like really charming or like super creepy. <laughs> like uh it's like the the fact that it's charming in general is like <laughs> when it when it starts turning south. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> Some, I like the southern accent. No, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, in I've, I've, been encou- 
Oh, like, right, well, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Django. Okay. Like, that but is have you just... ever encountered this in real life? That's true, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, know. it's kind of like a car salesman that you can't really trust. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Except in that Bears case, it's like a car salesman that, like, kills your favorite toys. <laughs> well, like, I... I got a Lotso Huggin' Bear plush toy, and this the reason I have this was my sister got it as a little gift uh, at the Disney store back when that movie came out, uh, Toy Story 3, which was nine years ago. Wow. I found it while I was doing some cleaning, and I tried to, I'm like, Laura, look what I got, and she was like excited to see it at first, but then she kind of just put it to the side as you know kids who grow up and are in college now like she doesn't care about it and so i was i talked to her i'm like can i put it on my desk if you're just gonna put it in a box and she's like of course and so i got Lotso here on my desk because i collect all these bobbleheads and i got i actually have a woody uh in jesse happy meal toys here too oh wow oh disney decked out yeah, I got uh, Flick from A Bug's Life and Hopper from A Bug's Life. Also, kids. Also, kids meals. No, they're actually they're actually these figures that are called room guards. Where I don't know if you've ever seen these things, but you put it by the front door, and if someone comes into your room, then it'll start saying "Intruder alert! Intruder alert!" That's hilarious. They actually say that? Yeah. Oh, I wish I had one of those. I want to see if I can get Flick to talk to you here. <laughs> you had to press a button or it just senses when somebody comes in? Well, I don't have the room guard effect on right now because he's just chilling on my desk and that can eat up battery. But right. he does have a little button on his chest and he can talk. So, yeah. But the, oh, the disappointing thing with the Hopper one is it isn't actually Kevin Spacey's voice. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, that changed things. Yeah. But, yeah, you got a couple of expressions here. Can we play together today? Just trust me. <laughs> Just well, laughing. <laughs> Yeah, great toy. Got it as a kid and still have it to this day. Well, you're kind of like putting a limitation on him by keeping him around and keeping his voice box in. You should just rip that voice box out <laughs> and throw him out the window and let him go on his own personal adventure. <laughs> yeah, I really... If all these things came to life, I would throw out the A-Rod bobblehead that I have as quickly as possible. <laughs> Oh, man, A-Rod is just <laughs> out there. I also, uh, if I want to make you smile, I got Pedro Martinez bobblehead hey, uh, here. That's my childhood right there, little Pedro. What else? So do you think there will be a fifth movie eventually? I didn't think there would be a fourth one. I thought it was going to be a trio. So I would say no, but what do I know? There were a lot of people who I feel like we talked about at the beginning why this movie didn't seem to be as hyped up or as embraced was because there were so many people who were like, oh, the third one just had the perfect ending. Like, I don't want to accept a fourth movie. 
And yet some of these same people are hyped up for the Lion King. And look, you can like whatever you want to like, but I just, I'm nowhere near as like upset about Pixar making a fourth movie to one of the greatest franchises in the history of film, one of the best trilogies. I trust Pixar. I don't trust Disney with all these remakes that they do where it's just like, all right, yeah, it's a cash grab. It's what it is. I didn't think Toy Story 4 was a cash grab. Right. You can tell. You can tell when they've like invested into the story and like really made a, a worthwhile movie. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Every movie's a cash grab. It's a it's a yeah. for-profit industry, but if you make a good movie, you make a good movie. So, I enjoyed that. So, yeah, I don't think they'll like just make a movie to do it, but yeah. if, if whoever's in charge there or has the vision for where Toy Story goes next thinks they have the right the right uh, story to go with it, then then I'm all for making it. The way I kind of look at this movie is if you are not in general, like if you're not a big Toy Story fan, like maybe you like the movies and you're like, eh, those are some really good movies, but you're not a fan of the franchise or a fan of Pixar. And uh, I'm talking not that you dislike it, just in the sense that you are, it's not something that you get super hyped up about. Then there's no real, like you can skip this movie if you want. Um, I think if you like Toy Story, you should absolutely see this movie because you're going to really enjoy it. I think that this one isn't, super necessary to the plot of the first three movies it's more just a really really fun add-on to those three movies a continuation of the story if it interests you right and i think they know like that the it's gonna be a lot of younger people watching it that might weren't even around for the first two or even three and so like at this point they have to make those movies like independently stand on their own and yeah, I would say if you like a good movie, like it has nothing to do with it, you like yeah. I mean, if you like Toy Story, you like Pixar, like this is just a story that like translates to any that translates to life. So I don't know. If you like movies, you gotta watch this yeah, movie. I agree. So this <laughs> ended up being your favorite of the franchise. It I'd still give the edge to Toy Story two, but is there anything else that really edged this movie out over the other movies previous that you can think of? I can't think of anything specific, but I just thought like the storyline overall was like the most um, intriguing to me. And it kind of like went deeper and like went deeper with the relationships of the characters. I can't believe that toy story two was your favorite. That is really <laughs> trailing the pack for me, but Hey, different people, different different feelings. I got to rewatch too, I guess is the takeaway. <laughs> well, you know, I'll add something to what you just said. I think that this movie is a little different from the typical Toy Story formula. The first three movies all involve the toys escaping from somewhere. Where there would yeah. be Sid's house, um, Woody's Roundup, or... Um, the daycare center this movie was really different because as you mentioned we focus on a lot of new characters and there isn't i don't really think it's an escape movie 
like while yes they have to free Forky, there's a lot more to this plot than that. And I, I there's I'm simplifying all these movies by the way. Like all those movies have a lot more going on than that. But I think the plot in the conundrum that they must solve is a little more complicated than just let's all escape from somewhere. Right. Agreed. I feel like we covered everything you could cover in a Toy Story 4 podcast. I think we did. I mean, we 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 hit the major plot points. We talked about the the characters. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I can't believe it's been, what, a year since I last had you on the podcast? Yeah, last summer. We got to do it more often. Yeah, Pixar movie. (laughs) Right, we need another Pixar movie to chat about. But it sounds like you want to work your way in the rotation, get in there and talk some sports. You you just you let me know. You give me <laughs> you give me a topic. I'll run with it. I, my ex, knowledge ends with basketball, though. I don't know anything about baseball. Well, Peter and I did not get to talk last week on it, so share real quick because this news broke after we recorded our podcast. What do you think of the Westbrook Harden dynamic in Houston? Oh man, that is going to be a bit awkward. I don't know. <laughs> Like on the surface, you're like, how like that? I wouldn't even think they would want that to happen. They're the two most ball dominant players in the NBA. Like for all the assists both of them average, like both of them are, in my opinion, selfish players. I mean, Westbrook has changed. I've changed my opinion on Westbrook a little bit in like the last years. They just stuck around OKC and like struggled with bad teams and done everything he could and goes out and fights every night and is a warrior. But at the same time, he's not like a unselfish, smart, like uh, understanding the game and how uh, as like to the degree that everybody on the Warriors seems to understand that moving the ball, like uh, working together, moving without the ball instead of just like going playing one-on-one, like how effective that can be. And I don't know, like, they're going to both have to adjust their game for sure. Um, And it could, I mean, they're both extremely talented. So it could work out if they adjust their game, if they use their talent, use each other. But it's going to take some sacrifice. So we'll see if they're willing to do it. I think it could work, at least for the first year. I think, I will add, I never thought Chris Paul and Harden were going to work together. And then they almost got to the finals right? their first year together. So I think D'Antoni can make these guys work for a short term. Now, long term, you might have some feuds. There might be some conflict, but I think they're going to be so fun to watch. They're going to win 50 games this year, and they're going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be a fun team to watch. All right. I guess we'll see. (laughs) Um, were, I guess I could ask, were you a little, were you disappointed that we saw less of the original ch- toys or was it fitting, do you think? I don't know. I don't know how they would have worked them in more. Like, I liked the movie for everything it was, but you kind of miss a little bit. Like, maybe they could have given some more lines, like a few moments. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Jessie. I don't know. What does she really bring in? She's like a fun character, but like Rex, uh, Mr. Potato Head, like, the piggy bank, whatever you call him, like 
they're all so funny and all they need is like they don't need a major role they just need some more one-liners i would have enjoyed so um i would have liked that but maybe in the next movie we'll see yeah maybe maybe i think it fit for the story they were working with because you can't have too many characters but i read that mel brooks is in this movie as melephant brooks (laughs) (laughs) did he have a line (laughs) probably i don't even remember you know who else is in this movie is chubbs peterson who's chubbs peterson gilmore oh chubbs peterson (laughs) apollo creed also in this? Well, that's the same guy. Oh, Donald Glover. No, Carl Carl Weathers. That's the actor? Yeah. You're telling me Donald Glover isn't the old guy in Happy Gilmore? <laughs> Are you joking? I was, I was. That's what I thought it was. Donald Glover was how old when that movie came out? Not Donald Glover. The other Glover. Am I drunk? <laughs> Who's the what's the what's the old guy in like every movie? Dude, what? Um I think his last name's Glover. No, wait, wait, this conversation's not over. I'm figuring this out. I'm Googling as we speak. Danny Glover. It's not him, but that's who I was thinking of. Oh, okay. What's he in? He is in uh, a lethal weapon. That's not our angels in the outfield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they do look kind of similar. Nope, nope, not really. I messed that uh, up. Yeah, I guess Carl Weathers had the voice of Combat Carl's. Oh, okay. Yeah, those those were some fun characters. Is Combat Carl? Is he the rival to Duke? Kaboom! Which one is Combat Carl's? Uh, he's the. Uh, they're like friends of uh, Bo Peep and Giggly Gig. Oh and, yeah! Yeah, they're just out there in the sand and yeah, being warriors. They're kind of like the toy soldiers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all in the hips. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> all right, Jason. So. Do you, do you have a certain system that you grade a movie by? Do you like to give it a letter grade, scale of 1 to 10? If you prefer not to, we won't. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too detailed in my grading scale. I give this movie a thumbs up. I got a thumbs up, a thumb sideways, and a thumbs down. And that's how I do it. <laughs> okay, I like and this, that. This is a thumbs up. So thumbs up would be see it in theaters. Yeah. Thumbs sideways would be like Netflix, and then thumbs down, skip it. Thumbs down, skip it. Thumbs sideways, like if you have time, like you don't even need to see it. If you, you know, just don't put it at the top of the priority list. But. Like if if you have access to it and you you are bored on a Friday night and you want to put it on Netflix, like thumb sideways. There you go. Exactly. And thumbs up is theaters. Find a way to watch it. Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, this was a great time. Thank you so much for coming by the podcast and doing this with me. Is there anything you want to promote while you're here? Social media accounts? Do you want to tell people to listen to the podcast and subscribe? Anything of that nature? Yeah. Listen to the Jack Vita podcast. Jack Vita show. And subscribe. 
Oh, the Jack Vita Show. <laughs> and subscribe. My social media, eh. I don't really know. It's my name, but I don't know what the, uh, there's an underscore thing somewhere, but, you know, if you want, you can follow me. Search my name. Um, yeah. That's all I got. All right. Well, I'll talk to you again sometime soon. Have you on sometime during the NBA basketball season. And maybe before that, we can get to another movie. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Adios, Jack. So that does it for my conversation with Jason Karras on Toy Story 4. Had a great time diving deep into that movie. My favorite movie of the year so far. Maybe the only movie I've seen in theaters this year. Fun fact. But enjoyed it very much. Was a lot of fun to talk with him. He was very high on it. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It may still be under the name Press On Sports at the moment, but it will change. I did submit a request to change the name. It got passed. It'll just take a few days for it to go through the iTunes systems, the iOS, iOS systems to show up in all the different places where podcasts are. Got a new logo. Pretty pumped up about that. So thank you all for listening. Very much appreciate that uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jack Vita, where I tweet a lot about sports. I do tweet about movies sometimes and TV, some of the stuff I'm watching, reality TV. Follow me on there, engage in the conversation, tweet me your thoughts on this episode. Let me know you made it through all the way to the end. I would love to hear your thoughts on Toy Story 4. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did it live up to the previous three films? What did you think? Hit me up. Shoot me a DM or tweet at me. Do whatever you got to do. Hit me up on there. Very much appreciate it. There will be some baseball talk coming up on the podcast soon. I'm still figuring out the schedule of what is going to be recorded, who the guest will be, but I can promise you there's going to be some sports content out sometime soon. Coming out next week should be a lot of fun. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Thank you for listening to Jack Vita Show. Have a great weekend. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters. <laughs>